Welcome to B2B Needs Don Draper. Brought to you by True. For too long, B2B has lacked creativity and inspiration, leading to alarming declines in effectiveness and marketing departments being slowly devalued more and more within their organizations. We're here to change that by getting under the skin of what it really means to be a highly effective B2B marketer. We'll be speaking to some of the brightest minds in the industry to discuss what they're doing to be a bit more, well, Don Draper. Now to our host, Nathan Anibaba. Joining us today on B2B News Don Draper is Jose Pepe Gorbia, the inspirational leader guiding HP's pursuit of revolutionizing digital packing technology across the globe. Jose is head of brands, agencies, and sustainability innovation at HP and manages an international team focused on educating and inspiring brands with a human-centric communication framework. His team's work revolves around personalization and sustainability storytelling, driving meaningful marketing innovations that lead to increased penetrations with growth in ROI. With an extensive career spanning over two decades, Jose has harnessed his vast experience to successfully navigate both B2B and B2C sectors. His primary focus at the moment is centered on empowering marketers to co-create distinctive brand assets, fostering strategic global partnerships on sustainability and creativity, and accelerating HP's digital print technology adoption worldwide through personalized sustainable innovation. His work at HP is at the forefront of making other companies better, guided by the triple bottom line of people, planet, and profit. So Jose Pepe, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. It's a real pleasure to be here. So, so first off then, Pepe, what does being a bit more Don Draper mean to you? You made me think on this one, and I really like that, uh, which is he had a saying back in the day when we were all watching Mad Men, which was, if you're good, get better and stop asking for things, which is basically around the concept of, for me, marketing is always changing. It's an ever-changing discipline, and it's a, always a combination of art and science. And I think in the end, you need to be passionate about it. You need to be knowledgeable about it, but most importantly, in the way people act in life, solving problems is about not waiting to be told what to do and being proactive and going out there and getting things done, you know, making things happen. And this is what I really like about being Don Draper for me. So I think in the end, he was always about making things happen. He was not asking for permission or asking for forgiveness or even asking for resources. He just went at it and did it. And I think that's a good source of inspiration for anyone who wants to solve a problem in the world. You've had a fascinating career spanning both B2C and B2B brands. Your current role is B2B focused at HP. Tell us a little bit about how you ended up in your current role at HP and what drew you towards a career that has purpose right at its center. It's a great question. And in the end, if I just put everything in hindsight, um, I was in love with marketing from the beginning. When I started studying, I really didn't know what to do with my life until I discovered that mar marketing actually existed. And I fell in love with the concept of building brands. But through time, I got a bit disenchanted by it just because of the fact that it was mostly about business and I needed something more. So 
as I was growing in my career through different companies, uh, different multinationals, I suddenly bumped into HP in an event. I was speaking in an event when I was actually working at Mondelez International in, in Zurich. Hmm. And I was speaking about packaging and best practices in packaging. And I was speaking about giving more of a voice to your consumer rather, rather than the brand always talking about themselves. And I think they liked what they heard because the next week I had a job interview and then I started my journey into HP. And the moment I discovered what HP was about with this technology that I spearheaded at the moment uh, in front of brands and marketing teams and agencies, which is digital printing, I discovered very quickly an opportunity to add purpose to my life, to add meaning beyond business, which meant enabling the voices of millions of people at scale against a bigger purpose, a bigger meaning, and channeling those voices through what we call brand strategy. And I fell in love with that idea and that concept. And ever since, you know, it's been for me almost close to six years now at HP. We've grown a team, you know, over the last six years that I lead globally into what we call co-creation at scale, which I will speak of in a moment. Hmm. So let's talk about the, the whole idea of sort of co-creation and sort of humanizing digital packing technology, because I think what the value proposition is, is super fascinating. You're responsible for humanizing digital packing tech. Can you talk a little bit about what that means for the end consumer and why is it so important to HP? And this goes back to your question on B2B versus B2C. I think in the end, it's not B2B or B2C, it's H2H, you know, human to human. You just need to understand how to connect things across a value chain to find meaningful solutions in a business. In this case, humanizing digital packaging technology or digital printing, as we call it, is more about understanding what's the end benefit for human beings. You know, if I am shopping for a product or I want to be part of a brand experience that wants me fully engaged in it, personalization, which is one of the core benefits of digital printing, enables human beings to have a direct, unique connection with a brand experience. So in the case of digital printing, I came into HP to a tech-based company, which is mostly full of engineers, and I'm a marketer at heart. So it was a bit of a challenging time for me at the beginning to, to adapt to it, just because of the fact that engineers build a lot of solutions, but they don't know if they're going to be relevant for human beings to use those solutions in the long run. You need to find marketers like myself to connect the dots between technology and the application of that technology in our daily lives. There's so much famous question around the so what, you know, what's in it for me as a human being, if you're going to be personalizing an item or having a personalized experience. So my first question when I came to HP to a lot of a lot of the people that I currently work with was, what do we know about personalization? What are the drivers behind personalization? And there was no answer. Nobody knew anything just to say that, oh, with digital print, you can personalize a marketing campaign. So I really took it upon myself to build a consumer-centric framework around personalization by listening to close to 50 million conversations on social media across the globe for over a year. So I hired the social media listening agency. We did that work to understand the drivers behind it, why people want it. And we came up and discovered what we call today the HP personalization pinwheel, which is basically a need state framework that inspires creative people and agencies to think about how a personalized experience truly connects at a human level with any person in the planet. So those drivers behind this framework are the ones that we use creatively to spearhead many marketing campaigns across the globe 
that not only help brands grow their business, but add purpose to that and give voice to their consumers, to the communities that they want to be part of. I think it's super fascinating. I, I think the 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 wind wheel and the six emotional drivers that you identified through the 50 million conversations that you had, I think is is super, super interesting. And I think the it has so many applications. Maybe just talk through some examples of what this these insights have enabled you to create for the HP brand. Um, podcasting doesn't lend itself to a visual format. Um, <laughs> and I know a lot of the work that you create is very visual in its nature, but maybe you can just uh, talk us through some of the best examples that has come out of that work. So I'll, I'll start with a website connection for people listening in, which is reinventing-creativity.com. If you go to that website, you'll visualize many of the examples that I'll talk about, and you, you will be able to visualize much more what I mean. Uh, let me tell you a story. Imagine, are you drinking coffee? Do you, do you regularly drink coffee? I do regularly drink coffee. This morning I'm drinking water because I've had too much coffee this weekend. <laughs> but you usually start your day with coffee, right? So it's one of the first things you see in your kitchen or in the office. And when you start your day, you want to give people a motivation for that day. So we ended up partnering with Nescafe in Mexico, where I come from. And with their marketing team, we explored a lot of ways that we could add purpose to that daily act of putting coffee in your warm, hot water and thinking about your day. And we came up with this beautiful idea that actually connects quite well with Nescafe, which is called Begin To or Empezar A in Spanish. And Begin To do something valuable with your day. So we launched the challenge in Mexico through social media, asking Mexicans to become a better version of themselves. And actually, we ended up putting that next to the New Year's moment in December because everyone has a New Year resolution. So this is how this concept was born. So we were giving people the opportunity not only to see different resolutions that we were printing on the jars of Nescafe, but think about what are the resolutions uniquely relevant to them and post them in social media. So we, we, as, as we were working with Nescafe and their agency team, went to social media. We asked the me Mexicans, how are you going to become a better version of yourself? And they answered a hundred million different things. The top 300 answers got ranked and they were transferred into the labels of the coffee so that the coffee was saying, begin to stop smoking, begin to do exercise, begin to call my grandmother and so on and so forth. So imagine Nathan that you are waiting for me for a Christmas dinner and I show up in your doorbell with a coffee of Nescafe saying, begin to start doing exercise. And because I'm your friend and I want you to get in better shape for the next year, you're going to value that gift much more than a bottle of wine, uh, roses, chocolates, whatever it might be, because it has a unique connection to your own personal journey of becoming a better person. And this has such a profound impact on giving value through a personalized experience to, to Mexicans that Nescafe ended up repeating this campaign for six years in a row and growing market share, growing sales, and at the same time, giving purpose to people individually through a personalized experience, which I find it remarkable and inspirational. This is truly personalization at, at scale. Maybe talk through what the specific ROI was for, for that campaign. Can you share any, any numbers or any, any data with us to kind of give us an idea of the scale? 
Yeah, for all of those data addicts out there, uh, we did another research with WARC, the World Advertising Research Company, part of Can Lions. And in that research, uh, we gave them a brief. We wanted to analyze the last six years of marketing campaigns and benchmark this type of marketing campaigns versus marketing as usual, as I call it, or non-personalized marketing. And what we found out is that campaigns that prioritize packaging as a communication touchpoint in their 360-degree approach to communications are actually accelerating sales. And the ones who prioritize personalized packaging are doubling their, their, their ratio of growth and they're doubling their marketing ROI. So for every dollar they invest in this type of experience, they get at least $2 back because of sales growth, increased engagement. And most importantly, I'll tell you this for any creative person listening out there, we ranked the top 10 creative strategies in this research. And by far and beyond, above all of them, is user-generated content and consumer participation. So that was, for me, a crowning moment in my journey at HP because finally I had enough quantitative data to prove to any brand decision maker that co-creation at scale is just a so much better way to do marketing. So the way we're doing it these days is not only doing it for the sport of co-creation and personalization, I've added a lot of purpose behind it because sustainability for me is, is very close to my own personal purpose. And in connection to HP, I can enable a lot of better marketing through this journey. I love the example of Nestle and I can understand how that can benefit a consumer packaged goods company. That's very much a B2B to C example. Do you have any B2B to B examples? <laughs> I have a couple of them. Uh, let me start with HP eating its own dog food, which I love to say that. Right. Which is, we went to Can Lions last year and we activated the program on our value proposition around uh, 50 CMOs. We went to an accelerator program where CMOs get to learn firsthand new techniques, breakthrough techniques on better marketing that can accelerate the growth of their business through purpose. And through that experience, uh, I was finding an angle on how can I influence 50 global decision makers on brands uh, from a B2B perspective on something that has purpose at the heart, but at the same time empowers them individually to take action. And that's when we were, you know, three to four months into the war with the Ukraine. And uh, I was trying to find a better way to support Ukrainians because a lot of companies do a lot of great work around, you know, donating clothing, money, food, and things like that. But I think in the end, because of how many people have lost their jobs and they're just traveling around the world without a home, I think the best gift that you can give to any Ukrainian person out there is a job. If you give them a job, I'm pretty sure that they're going to be so much driven to make it worth their while to survive, that they're going to be doing one of the best jobs possible to, to get that job done. So we put those CMOs in a position to take that action. We produced beautifully crafted boxes with a sunflower inside of them to grow that sunflower because the sunflower is a symbol of hope in the Ukrainian army. And through that, inside that box, they discovered a little book that was personalized uniquely to them. And they could actually access the database of people of Ukrainian creative refugees that are linked to the Canlions. So I asked the Canlions team to let us borrow their database of Ukrainian creative talent and put that talent at the service of the CMOs for their next big project. So whenever you have to do your next big project on 
filming a, an online video, uh, art design, packaging, choreography, whatever the case might be, you could go to this pool of talent and through unique individualized QR codes, you could actually scan them, meet those Ukrainian people immediately and give them an opportunity for a job, which I found it remarkable. It resonated very well because many of them are still working with Ukrainian talent and we have been in the journey of trying to scale that up as much as possible. So B2B wise, uh, what I can say, Nathan, is that you can always find the right angle into whatever is happening in the moment in the world and empower people to help. So in this case, I was not empowering consumers buying Nescafes at all. I was just empowering 50 CMOs to take an action with all of the toolkit are, are available around them through a personalized box that empower them to connect with these people individually and give them a job. It's as simple as that. Let's talk a little bit about B2B marketing specifically and going back to Don Draper, um, the importance of creativity and the importance of putting humans right at the center of their marketing. I think sometimes B2B has been criticized, maybe unfairly, mm-hmm. for being quite conservative and kind of less receptive to bold, innovative ideas that kind of, you know, move the needle. Yeah. What do you think B2B can do about that, should do about that? First of all, is that a fair assessment? Do you think that B2B is conservative in its in, in its approach? And what can it do to push boundaries more to to capture the attention of, of core markets? So in the end, a B2B or B2C, but mostly B2B, is now heavily driven by analytics. We have so much data out there that people want to be super smart in using all of that data to justify uh, taking action into something. And I always have thought that, you know, when you want to create a good business model that scales, there's always a mix between science and art. What does that mean? That you need to have access to the right data, but not too much, because otherwise you can get easily paralyzed by it. But also in the end, your gut feeling, when you are an expert through the industry that you've been working on for quite a few years, you start getting this instinct about what works and what doesn't work and how to make complexity simple. And instead of making things more difficult to achieve, you start actually eliminating a lot of things from solutions to make it simple. So B2B, I think, in connection to this day and age, is is a combination of both art and science to get things done. But I think most importantly, is about collaboration. If you want to make something happen in B2B, you need to learn how to build partnerships from the get-go. You need to learn how to develop trust from the get-go. People need to be able to look at you in the eye and say, I trust this person to get the job done. Therefore, I'm going to start a a strategic partnership with them. And this is where I've spearheaded so many partnerships in my role at HP to achieve much more than, than what I could have achieved on my own or with my own team. And this is where sustainability, marketing efficiency and effectiveness, advertising and so many other partnerships that we currently have are at the heart of it. And I also think when you look at, you know, entities like the Cannes Lions, uh, they opened up their own new Lion Award for B2B. Because I think that more than ever, if we want to avert a climate catastrophe, B2B is a critical element to the solution of our climate crisis because people cannot do it alone. Companies cannot do it alone. Institutions cannot do it alone or governments. And we all need to join forces and learn how to effectively collaborate to co-create solutions at scale. Do you think it's relevant and right for every B2B brand to incorporate some element of purpose and sustainability into their 
marketing and their communications. Who is it right for? Who is it not right for? I think it's, it's an obligation in this day and age to put purpose in any element of your value proposition and the way you communicate it, because otherwise you're going to end up competing only on pricing and who's going to be the cheapest option in the market. So anyone out there that is having to do a promotion on their services and having to diminish the value of your service or your value proposition, maybe the question you need to ask yourself is, do I need to do a promotion or do I need to rethink my value proposition if it's truly adding value? to the person on the other side of the equation. Because in the end, any value proposition should have some purpose because it will connect with another person in another company individually with that person and collectively as a company. So I think the challenge in, in great B2B marketing is more around finding that connection in, in your daily job and uh, being able to activate that relevant connection with your community at scale. Before we leave you, we've got our rapid fire round. So I'm going to ask you some short, sharp questions and I want you to answer as quickly as you can from the gut. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay, let's do it. Advertising or ABM? Advertising. Logic or magic? Magic. I'm going to ask you to expand on that one. Why magic? Because in the end... You cannot do magic without passion and without passion, you don't make things happen and you need passion to make things happen. If it's only about logic, people will not follow you. If you want to see a great leader, they have something abstract in the way they lead. And that's the magic aspect of things beyond logic. Brand building or lead generation? Definitely brand building. What's the problem with B2B right now? Too much data and too little listening. Well said. How would Don Draper fix the problem? Changing the conversation. Oh, love it. And if you could get all CEOs to read one book that would improve their outcomes and their lives, what book would it be? I would recommend one from a very dear friend of mine called Thomas Colster, Mr. Goodvertising. He, he launched a few years back a book called The Hero Trap. And he talks about how to give power to the people and stop being brands seen only as the heroes with a solution to everything. And it's asking brands to be more humble and to listen more to the community they want to be part of. So I'm a fan of that book. And final question, Pepe, what's your favorite Don Draper moment or quote? Can I squeeze two of them? To be honest, I like two of them. Oh yeah, sure. First one is make it simple, but significant. And I think it's asking people to crush complexity and think big. If we crush complexity and think big, we can get more people to follow us in whatever we're trying to achieve business-wise. And the second one is something that he lo I loved when he said it is, it is useless to be a creative unless you can sell what you create. And I say this one because of my experience at HP. There's so many people engineering new business models and new solutions And they take by default the assumption that these things are going to get sold on their own and that you don't even need marketing and that people are just going to go to them automatically. And no, you need, people don't know what they don't know. You know what I mean by that? You know, they need to be told what is the next big thing. When Steve Jobs went out there and announced the first iPod or the first iPhone, people didn't know they had a need for that until they got told that this new thing exists. 
So you have to create that need. I think that needs are maybe out there, but people are unaware that those needs exist. And this is why I, I like this second quote a lot, because it applies to HP as well. I absolutely love that. And I think people have this misguided notion that by doing that, it's somehow icky or, or dirty or, or salesy. But to your point, that's the way all great products and services have come into our lives and changed our lives. We've had to be told about it, not only once, but several times in many cases to be able to incorporate it into our lives. So I, I absolutely love that quote. Thank you for sharing it. Pepe, thank you so much for such a, a fun and insightful chat. I really in, enjoyed learning about your philosophy. Thank you so much for joining us. No, pleasure to be here, Nathan. I look forward to the conversation whenever we want to have another one again. My doors are always open and I hope that people are curious enough to co-create at scale as we do. If anyone wants to learn more about Jose's work, then reach out to him directly on LinkedIn. That's Jose Gorbea on LinkedIn. The website that Jose referred to is reinventing-creativity.com. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. My name is Nathan Alibaba. Thank you so much for listening to B2B Meets Don Draper. Find out more at trueagency.com slash podcast.